Welcome back to Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here trying to give some inspiration or encouraging married men, especially Christian married men, in their walk with God and and being able to love and cherish their wives. And just being convicted a lot as I've been digging into God's Word and the other day in a Bible study looking at Luke chapter 11. So just um, as we're moving forward with the podcast, as I'm moving forward with looking to try to encourage you just to realize too that I am just a man and sometimes I come across something that really hits me hard or realize I'm not doing all that I could be doing and uh, and that can be hard sometimes. We don't like to admit failure, but I've learned a lot from my failure. So anytime you fall down or you fail, good to learn from it and then move on, right? So some of the most successful people in the world are because they have been willing to fail. And so I just want to encourage you guys as I try to encourage myself too. And God is faithful and, and God is loving and, and very, very patient. Otherwise, I would not be here. All right, so moving forward, looking at Luke chapter 11 and looking at one particular verse um, that really, really, really hit me. And now I'm trying to, there it is, verse 23 says, and this is right in the midst of Jesus talking to uh, to the Pharisees and to the scribes and sort of calling them out. He says this in verse 23, and this is from the King James. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. For he that does not gather with me scatters. And it just hit me that... Wow, okay, there's one thing about maybe not going out to the harvest to gather, which is what he, in the earlier chapter, chapter 10, he sent the 72 out to gather, right? And right before that, they talked about the harvest is white and white on the harvest, and it was ripe, rather, white unto ripe, and that you should pray for the harvest and the Lord of the harvest and to send out workers. Then what does he do? And then he sends them out, those who are praying. And they go out. And now, this is afterwards, and he's talking about, you know, there's really two kinds of people. Those that are with me, those that are not. And one way that maybe we realize we're not really with them, he's saying here, is if you're not gathering, then you're scattering. And, man, to gather or scatter, right? When it's put that way, it's like, oh my gosh, I really want to be about gathering. And so just thinking about, in our own marriages, guys, are we are we pulling in? Are we huddling up with our wife and with God and reading the word and praying and praying for one another and seeking God's will and God's wisdom in every aspect of life? You know, a lot of times it's when we're in a crisis, we go to God. But what about when we're not in a crisis? And so this past weekend was Easter and looking forward to a calm weekend. But it was also the only time I was going to be home. Uh, doing a lot of traveling, and so ended up doing a lot of plumbing. And I'm not really a plumber, but there's a lot of basics about plumbing, and so I know enough to be dangerous. And was doing that, and it puts you in a crisis mode sometimes when you realize, man, I'm spending money, I'm spending money to get this fixed. I had to buy a sump pump, and then I had to buy miscellaneous parts and a backflow regulator. So the system that was in the house didn't even have one. 
So not sure how that happened, but there was a device there that looked like a backflow regulator that the inspector thought was a backflow regulator. It, in fact, was not. It was a disguised pipe to look like a backflow regulator, I guess. Anyway, so I had to replace that, which is why I had to replace the sub pump because without a backflow regulator, that sub pump had just basically burned out. So anyway, you're doing all this and we've got a wedding coming up and... So we're just looking at our finances and we're stressing and and I'm realizing, you know what, we're scattering because I haven't been gathering. I haven't been gathering my wife and I together to pray, I haven't been gathering my kids. Now, they're all grown now. My youngest is 19, but still gathering them to talk to them and pray with them with a phone and those kind of things. So just to encourage you guys, what are we doing to gather, right? Jesus says, hey, Gather with me. So part of that ministry of gathering is your spouse. It's definitely to be praying for and and nourishing your wife's soul. You are the priest of your home. And so we've got to be about doing that. And for our children, regardless of how old they become and they become married, they become their own priest of their home, we still want to gather to them and bring them in. And then think about what are we doing to build the kingdom a lot of Jesus' parables are about the kingdom of God is like. So he's a kingdom builder, and it is God the Father's kingdom, Jesus Christ's kingdom, not our kingdom, that we are building, that Jesus was building. And he's called us to join him in building his kingdom. And so we do that by, that's right, gathering. And so just really, this jumped out at me, and maybe it's something some of you guys have seen. You're like, hey, welcome to the party, Bushnell. But here, that's just the reality. It really hit me in the practical aspect of, am I really just gathering the family to pray, to ask God for wisdom, to seek God's will, to seek his vision for this day or this week or this month or this year, whatever it might be that you are moving forward with in your relationship with God, in your relationship with your spouse. And, you know, so maybe it's, you think about having children or adding to the family, thinking about moving, thinking about a new job, thinking about buying a car, all these things that we have our personal time with God, we have our time we we huddle together or we we draw in our, our wife, we draw in our children maybe, we pray about this thing, we lay it at the feet of Jesus, and then we see what he how he leads us in that. So I want to encourage you guys in that let's be let's not be those who scatter which means that we are gathering with the Lord Jesus right so again to read the verse uh out of Luke chapter 11 and I'll just read it in the context of it it's questions about Jesus power uh and he was casting out a devil and it was dumb and it came to pass when the devil was gone out the the dumb spoke so dumb meaning can't speak um and the people wondered uh wondered right but some of them said he cast out the devil through Beelzebub the chief of the devils so another name for uh, the devil and others tempting him sought of him a sign from heaven but he meaning Jesus knowing their thoughts said unto them every kingdom divided against itself is brought to Desolation and a house divided against a house falls or falleth in the King James here. If Satan also 
he be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Man, Jesus is uh, <laughs> he's hitting hard here, right? But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Meaning, <laughs> I am God is what Jesus is saying right here. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor, wherein he trusted, and divides his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathers not with me scatters. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return unto my house where I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished, or cleaned up, right? Then he goes and takes to himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Alright, so talk about spiritual warfare and you know what are we doing? So again it's gathering our family. Let's not take it for granted that all is well. There is real spiritual warfare going on and we are about building the kingdom of heaven and so we need to take heed in how we do that with our wives, with our children and then as we grow in a community, the body of Christ, the church, the church you go to, that we're actively involved there because it is about the community uh, just as much as it is about the family. So you and your spouse working together, growing together, and then being a part of that holy communion there at church. And so and that brings me to another aspect of Hebrews. I want to go to Hebrews uh, for this next little bit. Uh, because I, I don't know, I think it kind of relates. But in Hebrews chapter 10, let me find it real quick. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 10 talks about not forsaking the coming together as is the habit of some. Now, if you're listening to this, I hope that this isn't taking the place of going to church or being discipled by somebody there or you discipling others. But I also know how we can fall into that place where we're not going to church, especially now that we can we can watch church on Facebook. We can watch a live stream or we can go and watch it in our good time. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as we're still a part of a community. We're still gathering together. There's something about the gathering. And so Hebrews 10, he, he covers a lot of ground in all of Hebrews 10. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Well, really 24, 25. I'm going to read it in, in the full context. So yes, I'm going to read chapter 10 of Hebrews, which I think is a pretty powerful chapter for us. Uh, so verse 24 of chapter 10. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another as all the more as you see the day drawing near. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
All right, so that's uh, a verse I want us to key in on, but I want us to look at the whole chapter in context as we as we look to challenge ourselves as men of God. So chapter 10, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the instead of the true form of the realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. So Jesus talked about how he's going to be the perfect sacrifice and how all those other sacrifices were just a shadow of what was to come, Jesus being what came. And when, when he said above, you have, another, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in the sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now we just celebrate Easter. So this is really, really relevant to what we're talking about this past weekend, but just also why we gather together. Why do we want to gather to him? Because without Christ, people have no chance of being forgiven of their sins, right? So we've we've got to be gospel-minded in reaching our neighbors. So verse 11, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time, a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has preferred for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I made, that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now verse 26. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful and expectation of judgment and a fury of the fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy. On the evidence of two or three witnesses, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged his spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, The Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves, had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So Hebrews chapter 10, just encouraging us to press on, right? Encouraging us not to give up, not to stop being kingdom builders. And if for some reason we have maybe forgotten or we have gotten lazy or we have not fully engaged that we should be encouraging one another, provoking one another to good works and being men of God's word so we can provoke our wives, our kids, our friends, our, those people that we have influence with, whether at work or at play, at church, wherever it might be. Are we shedding the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we pursuing holiness in our own lives Are we helping our wives to pursue holiness in their lives? Are we pursuing holiness in our marriage? Are we protecting the marriage bed? Are we honoring marriage above all else? So all that to say that I want to encourage you guys. There's a good fight to be fought. And it's probably not fantasy football, right? It's not about who's going to win the Stanley Cup or the NBA. Any of those things. The good fight is pressing on with what God has for us and remembering that, hey, we, we're we just Tashavin. We're just sojourners here on this planet for now until Christ comes and takes us home or makes things all makes all things new again. And then we are established with him in his inheritance. And then everything we've built that is of this earth will be meaningless 
But everything that we've built up that is his kingdom will mean, well, it will last, right? It will last. So let's press on with all that God has for us, remembering that he is faithful to finish what he has started. And he has called us to gather with him. And then if we don't, we scatter. Ouch. So let's not be the husband that scatters the relationship between he and his wife. Let's not be the father that scatters the relationship with his children. And I, you know, I'm speaking to myself and where I've fallen short in pursuing my own wife better and pursuing my own kids better and talking about their relationship with Christ, their walk with God, and making that a part of our daily conversation. So I encourage you guys, today is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And let us talk to our wives about their walk with God. How are they doing? What is a significant thing that Jesus Christ is teaching them? What is a significant thing that they are pondering, reading, meditating on in God's Word? Is there a scripture you are memorizing, maybe as a couple or maybe as an individual? What are you chewing on? What are you meditating on? So I encourage you guys in those things as we press on with all that God has for us. God bless you. Have a great day.